who's uh, who's going to the World Series? Who's going to the World Series? I, I'm I'm in for the Yankees to make a comeback and uh, clinch a wild card spot. And they're well, they're in the first they're in the first wild card spot right now. Uh, so I think they I think they they pull it off in the playoffs and and uh, make it. And then, man, in the National League, oh golly, you know what? Let's go with the Brewers. Why not? They haven't been there in a while. So so let's say Yankees, Brewers, uh, Brewers in five games. What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is not another Baptist podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. Oh, Kyle, oh, Kyle, we are recording this on Wednesday, October the 13th at 8 zero one yep. in the morning and our kids are off at school our yep. dogs are put up hopefully not to bark for the next few minutes and i'm wondering if you were able to watch any of the uh the the, the baseball that was on tv yesterday and if while you did you noticed that you had made a prediction a prognostication that the yankees and the brewers we're going all the way, yeah, and and I'm, I'm wondering how, how how are they doing? Are the are the Yankees still in it? The Yankees are not still in it. They're, praise they're the Lord. Okay, and then the other one you said was the Brewers. Yep. You know, to to fit the, with your name, of the, course. The beer man was in for the beer brew man crew. Was in for the brew crew. Yeah, that's it. And, and I'm wondering if they were able to beat the Braves. Did that happen? No, no I believe they were summarily dispatched yesterday. Okay, and so and as of now, you have no dog. No, no. Well, well, no, that's true. Yeah. So I am, as in case there was any doubt, I am neither the prophet nor the son of a prophet. So from here on out, I am in for anyone that is not the Astros. So, <laughs> so go Bo Sox. Uh, I I would love to see a a sweep by the Bo Sox with a run differential of like thirty five to four. Or something like that. Um, okay. It's probably not going to happen. The Astros are good, um, and and who has who has home field advantage in that? We do. The Astros do. So yeah. that, that's a little bit tougher. Uh, if if the if the Sox had home field, I would I would feel better about their chances. Um, and then what about the World Series? Who has do we know who has home field in the in the series? Uh, no, it's American I'm not, or I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, hold, hold on just a second. I can bring it up uh, because I, you know, I wanted to make sure that I got that correctly, uh, that you did, in fact, completely like you only really had one win to your name. Like, you know, the the Yankees were one and done, of course, because it was a wild card. Uh, yep. But in the the other, I mean, you you had one win to show for it. So, so, so that means I went one for four out of the possible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's fantastic. Well done. Well done. You, yep. you, it's basically like the 
Rangers this year, wasn't it? Yeah, like, it's true. It's anyway. true. Well, so. it is good to see you this morning, sort of. Uh, we, we did mention this whole ordeal on the Potluck podcast, and I believe it was Jared Cornett that said, in their friends describes the toxicity of Kyle and Matt's relationship. <laughs> and I said, yes, it absolutely does. And uh, But anyway, today we're going to talk about 13 things a pastor should never say to a <laughs> congregation. And uh, so this was written by Joe McKeever over on Lifeway Research. And of course, he added a caveat that this is in addition to the obvious no-nos like profanity, heresy, racism, sexism, and, and the like. Yeah, uh, avoid those. <laughs> yeah, avoid those as well. But there were 13 things that he said that a pastor should never say to their congregation. And Aaron Earls over at Lifeway Research uh, sent me an email and asked that I would write one that was 13 things that members should never say to their pastor. And so I'm oh, working on good. that one. And so we'll we'll kind of dive into that in a couple of uh, weeks, maybe whenever that goes live. Uh, but on this one, the very first one was I'm thinking of quitting. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> decided. Pray for me. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's super humble. Like we're, we're grateful for your, your call to prayer, all of that kind of stuff. But Joe added, say that once the congregation is stunned, say it twice and a group will rise up to make it a reality. Uh, why might that be a bad idea, Cal? Yeah, so, I, I mean, let, let me say, first of all, I get the heart behind this, right? Like, you're wanting to be transparent with your congregation about where you are. But, but, but the last thing that, that a pastor, a leader needs to uh, project is instability, right, in, in the organization. And so, um, you know, this, this is such a... It, like you said, it'll, it'll stun your congregation, right? And thinking of quitting, I haven't decided yet, pray for me. And suddenly you you enter into this kind of season of limbo, right? Where you're, suddenly your congregation is going, well, is he leaving? Is he not leaving? And you'll have some that are saying, well, I, I sure wish he'd hurry up and go. And some, oh no, you know, we want him to stay. And, and you just create all kinds of chaos with this. And so, you know, certainly you want to be, you know, transparent and honest with your congregation about um, you know, maybe shortcomings and stuff like that. But, but, but in this case, that's probably not something you need to project, certainly to a large, uh, the, the large group, you know, if you have one or two confidants that you can kind of share some, some struggles in this area with that, that's good. But uh, yeah, that's not something you really want to project from the pulpit. I've, I've heard this done before and, and it, I've never seen this end well. <laughs> yeah, this is true. And, and this kind of hit home because obviously both of us have made transitions uh, relatively recently, you much sooner than I. Uh, but, uh, you know, for me, you know, the week before I was going, uh, essentially in, in the AMS world, I guess you would call it in view of a call for them to vote, I did share with the church uh, that this was what was on my uh, heart and this was what we were doing because I didn't want to blindside them after the fact. And so right. this might be there there could be a caveat here of if you are uh, you know about to leave and instead of trying to you know say, oh I'm going to see family or you know I'm gonna you know go out on visitation and just name the uh, Southwest Airlines flight visitation. I mean you you want to be honest with your people, but you need to be really careful here. And uh, so, yes, I appreciate the transparency and so forth, the call to pray. Uh, but sometimes just we really need your prayers will suffice. And uh, and so. So, yeah, don't 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 do this, guys. And uh, it's not a good idea. Yeah. Another one is I'm no theologian. And uh, and I've actually heard this one 
said, I'm not a theologian, but, you know, blah, 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 you know, or whatever it might be. Uh, but every one of us, every everybody is a theologian. I mean, even an atheist is a theologian, even if they, you know, believe that there is no God. You know, ever all of us are a theologian. So I get the mentality behind this as well as number one. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's just something that uh, uh, I liked his little comment there to the pastor who says this. He says, "Then shut up and sit down." Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and the problem with this as a pastor is that you literally are a theologian. Like people are coming to your church to hear you proclaim the word of God, and that requires theology. I mean, you 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 have some belief about God, you have some belief about the Bible, and you're teaching that, and and so that does make you a theologian. Now, and again, I get the spirit behind this, right? Meaning, um, I'm not an academic. Right, I'm not a I'm not a seminary professor, uh, but that doesn't mean you're not a theologian because I think you hit the nail right on the head that everyone is a theologian because everyone has some sort of beliefs about God, whether those are true and right and informed by Scripture or not is the question. But but everyone is a, is a theologian. Yeah, and I think it might be somewhere where you know maybe a phrase like. I'm not an expert in eschatology or I'm not an expert in blank. However, scripture says this, where we still defer to the word of God and what is clear and so forth. And uh, because you do want to have uh, the confidence of your people. And if you get up there and, and are wishy-washy with this kind of stuff, uh, then then you need to be able to, uh, well, as that pastor says, uh, shut up and sit down. <laughs> and so yep, the, the, uh, that's it. The third one, we're not going to go through all of these, but the third one said, God told me to tell you. And then if he says, if you say, thus saith the Lord, your next words had better be. Yep, that's right. Kyle, that's right. Kyle, uh, how, how many times, let's just be transparent here. We're, we're telling people don't be that transparent. I'm just kidding. But how, how many times have you kind of played the, the God card, uh, maybe as a youth pastor or something like that? I, you know, I, I've tried to be very careful when I've when I've done that. Now, you know, the kind of the big one that I think we, we would probably think of when it comes to pastors is is when you're leaving, right, and going to another place. And and even then, I, I would I've never, to, to my knowledge, I've never said God told me to do this. Yeah. Um, the most I would say is is I felt led. You know, I felt this is where th- this is the next step for us. What you know. Is it possible I'm wrong? Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> I look back and I think there were a couple of times I was wrong about that. But, um, but you know, to the, to the, so, so yeah, just be really careful with this um, because God has spoken through his word. Um, the, now the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. But, but when we say, you know, God told me, God has spoken about this. Uh, I agree with Joe. It better be that those next words better be straight from, uh, the CSB itself, or else I, I ain't buying. <laughs> yes, for for sure. And uh, I, I was one that, you know, cer- certainly early on in ministry that would say, you know, God is is leading me blank. And uh, and sometimes the the true statement was, I want to get out of here. Yeah. And, and so I'm going to another opportunity. And, yeah. and so we have to be very careful with that as well. But certainly from the pulpit, or, or if you're in counseling or something like that, God told me to tell you, you know, we, we probably hear this from members too, but, you know, pastors, certainly the, the next words need to be scripture yeah. for sure. Yeah. Honestly, when I think of this, I, I think back to high school and hearing um, 
you know, <laughs> either God told me to date you or, or in my case, um, God told me definitely not to date you. <laughs> that's not, that's not <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, the next one was that the board or the deacons or leadership group and I are in serious disagreement <laughs> over this. Brilliant. Well, if, if you weren't, you are now. <laughs> yeah, and you definitely are now. Why, why might that be a bad idea? <sighs> well, so... Yeah, leading a church is hard enough when leadership is united, right? And as soon as you say this, you're going to create sides in the church. And and even if there was not already a fight uh, in in the larger congregation, now there is. Um, and so, you know, that that's not to say that disagreements never happen. Of course they do. Uh, you know, if if you have, you know, the the old uh, joke is that if you have two Baptists in a room, you have at least three opinions. Right. And so disagreements happen. Sometimes sharp disagreements happen in leadership. But when uh, when you go to the congregation, it's probably best not to bring those up until you've come to some sort of a uh, of an agreement that, that everyone can live with. Uh, because, again, you know, there's there's enough things that can be distractions in a church. And, and I would put this one right up there with, uh, you know, I'm thinking about leave and I haven't really decided yet as to uh, kind of some things that would just create chaos in in a church, even a healthy church. Well, I say that this would not happen in a healthy church, right? Like you said, it it, it certainly creates sides. And, uh, you know, we had a really neat thing in a church I served when I was a student pastor, where we called it the umbrella of grace. And so in our staff meetings, when we would meet over things, we could say whatever we wanted. Uh, there was going to be no issue about disagreeing in that room. But we were going to leave that room and publicly support whatever it was, even if it wasn't really our cup of tea. Now, we're not talking about sinful things or, or that sort of deal. Uh, but when we left that room, we had one another's back, even yeah. if we disagreed. And so I think that's very important. And uh, on a different note, preview day is your opportunity to see firsthand all that Texas Baptist College has to offer. During your visit, you're going to get to see the campus, speak with the professors at Texas Baptist College, hear from President Adam Greenway, eat some great food, I hope it's barbecue, attend a panel discussion of current students, and experience the great campus community that TBC has to offer. That's going to happen on October 22nd, and we will have a link in the description of this show if you would like to attend that or you might be in the area. And if you are, I'm very close and I would love to connect with you as well. Now, number five, Kyle, I know, because I know Michelle, I know you have never done this. Never done this. <laughs> I, I can barely say it with a straight face because <laughs> I can't imagine this ever being a good idea. Like ever, like it, it like, just don't say this no, as, as never, Mary never, man. like whether you're a Christian or not, mm -mm. like, don't, don't say this. Number five, my wife is so dumb. <laughs> say, what <laughs> so, did you just say, Matt? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Somebody's going to send that to that clip just to her. Uh, but, but while, while he added that this was probably said in jest, maybe with a bit of silliness that has absolutely no place in the pulpit. Such a preacher deserves all the trouble he's going to get when he returns home, uh, Joe says. Now, I have said things, honestly, in the pulpit that I do regret. Uh, things where maybe I made a joke about a mother-in-law, things like that. And that's something that I still regret and have repented 
uh, and uh, but this is this is up there with probably the absolute. This should have been number one. Like don't don't do this. It's not worth it. It's not a good idea. It has no place in the pulpit. I agree with Joe. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts? Yeah, and obviously it shouldn't be said. Um, and you asked if I've ever done no because I'm still. I, I can attest that I've never done this uh, because I'm pretty sure Michelle would have killed me where I stood. But but I would take this a step further and say, don't use your family, your your wife, your children in illustrations that make them look dumb. So even if you don't say it, don't don't portray them. Right. Um, you know, sometimes it's easy to use pastor's kids as as sermon illustrations because we, we see them do things right. Um, I'm not saying that's never OK to use them as illustrations. Make sure you've cleared it with them and make sure, you know, they don't come off looking, looking really dumb in the way that you present it. So, you know, you want to treat your family with with dignity, with respect and um, and not 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 project things that will harm that image in your in your church. Number six. Uh, and, and I want to add something here uh, to, to this one, because of, of all the things that maybe I did not do that well as a pastor, as a preacher, one of the things that I felt like I did very well was the opposite of this. Number six is if you love Jesus, you will be at the meeting today at two o'clock, five o'clock, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I really strove for as a pastor was these, these are opportunities for you to grow, you know, to make it about what, what you are benefiting from it, you know, through your spiritual life, your growth, your marriage, all that kind of stuff, instead of a guilt trip laden, uh, you know, statement. And, uh, and so what, what Joe added was, can you say manipulative and absolutely. And, uh, and he said, that's similar to taking the Lord's name in vain. It's a bad, bad look and, uh, and don't guilt trip your people into attending whatever it is, even if it's Sunday morning, Sunday morning is critically important. Let God's word, uh, make that clear. Uh, about how wonderful it is to to gather with the saints for for worship. Like I preached this past Sunday at a church on Psalm 84, uh, that we can make it something that we get to do, and and it's a wonderful thing instead of just signing them up for a guilt trip. Kyle, yeah, I, I would I would say um, much like you know the Lord told me to tell you that if you if you start a sentence with if you love Jesus you will, there's a very short list of things that should follow that. Uh, if you love Jesus, you will love others as yourself. That that's that's acceptable, right? Because that's scripture. But but to uh, you know turn around and, and use this as a manipulative way to get people to do something that you want, um, that's not okay. And I would even say that's um, you know a level of spiritual abuse, uh, right? You know we we hear about that in in relationships all the time. Well, if you love me, you would you know do so and so. This is this is just the the spiritual. Um, side of that. It's it's spiritual abuse on the part of a pastor to manipulate people in this way. Don't do it. Skipping ahead to number nine, if you don't blank, I will leave. And this is very similar to that last one. If yeah. you don't do blank, I will leave. If you know in, in, in Kyle's place, if you know at Alamogordo, it probably would have been very easy for him to say, if you don't do this decision when y'all were, you know, talking about merging with a a, a church or swapping locations, that kind of deal. Uh, if, if you don't do this, I'm out. Uh, that's, that's a level of pressure that, that you don't have the call, uh, to right. make, uh, that's really God's call. Anyhow, Kyle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, again, I, there's, this is a, this is spiritual abuse on the part of a leader, um, who's supposed to be shepherding, uh, his congregation and to put ultimatums like that, um, 
you know, if you don't give me a raise, I'm gone. If you don't, you know, and that's not to say that that sometimes there are not real financial difficulties that need to be addressed. Um, but to put an ultimatum on it um, is it's just not a good look. And and like I said, is I think would enter that realm of spiritual abuse. And number ten. In closing, finally, <laughs> finally, as I begin to wrap parentheses up, parentheses for the fifth time. <laughs> the fifth time. <laughs> and so uh, I actually can help you with this. Uh, there is a booklet uh, with your name on it. If if this is something you struggle with, it's called Text Driven Invitation. It will help you walk through the text uh, from beginning all the way to the end where you're not having to circle around and circle around, just struggling to land the plane. And sometimes I, I think this has happened in the times that I've preached without notes where, you know, I'm trying to land the plane and, and I'm just kind of struggling to do so. But I've also been in those uh, sermons where they, they end up becoming like a hostage situation where it's like, when, when are we going to wrap this thing up, man? Like, come on. <laughs> and he keeps saying in closing as I yeah. close. Yeah. And, uh, and so he, he added, never tell the congregation you're almost through. They will not hear another word you say, but if you do keep your promise. And, uh, and that's something that I, I even had to be careful with because when I would say, you know, so what is our, so what this morning? And that was how I usually would wrap things up. I started noticing that some folks would put up their, their Bibles and all of that kind of stuff because they thought Matt is done. And, and Matt was done. I was wrapping it up right away. But I noticed that those last few sentences that were going to come out of my mouth uh, weren't going to be heard because everybody was getting ready to go to the Mayhill Cafe or wherever it was. And so I would then add things like before you put away your Bibles and your notes and get ready to leave, what is our so what this morning and, and make it brief and get right to the point and then land that plane. Yep. And so, Kyle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because like you said, the last thing you want to do is give people another reason to tune out, right? They're, they're already probably distracted by thinking about things that are coming up later in the week, things they have to do, what time the Cowboys kick off. Like there are enough distractions without you um, adding to that. Yeah. And, and finally, as we begin to close, um, <laughs> I, would, I would take us to the last one. Because as we enter the holiday season, um, <laughs> Now, this is true, right? So, so there's some truth in this because there are probably people that you've not seen since Easter or last Christmas or given the pandemic, maybe Christmas of 2019, right? Who may be coming back into your doors uh, around Christmas. But you don't have to say, well, it's good to see some of you who've not been here since last Christmas or last year, right? That, like I said, it may be true, but... But but you don't have to point that out, right? You don't you don't have to you, you don't have to make people feel even more uncomfortable and more unwelcome than maybe they already do. Yeah, I, I like what he said. Why would a pastor want to berate people for coming to church? Like that that's what we're striving for anyway. Why why cut them down the moment they get into yeah. the door? Instead, he says, welcome them and give them reasons to yep. return. And uh, and so we and we've talked about the Christmas and Easter. Sundays, you know, there's usually a boost in attendance, and sometimes we we bemoan that. Uh, but one, you've got people that are traveling in, and maybe they go to church where they live. They're coming to see family, so it's not the time just to tee off on them from the pulpit, even if you're thinking it. And so, yeah. you know, just don't say it out loud. And uh, Kyle, speaking of in closing, finally, uh, and so forth, as I wrapped up my sermon on Sunday, I left and went to basically like Matt Hensley panic attack mode because we <laughs> went to the Dallas Cowboys game. 
and uh, Olivia wanted to go to a game. She didn't care what it was. But of course, baseball season usually ends after the first week for the Rangers. So she wasn't going to be able to go to Rangers game. They certainly weren't in the playoffs. And so uh, I think hockey hadn't started yet. Basketball isn't started yet, or maybe it's getting started. And so, you know, SMU is a lot closer to you than, than <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> this is true. That, that would have been a, a, uh, an option. And a lot cheaper. <laughs> oh, man. So we, we went to the Cowboys game uh, with several thousand of our closest friends. And, uh, and by closest, I meant like very close to one another up in the upper deck or whatever it's called and, uh, upper level concourse or whatever. We were way up. I think we were as high in that stadium as we were back when we lived in May Hill. And, uh, and we had this guy, three people over that whistled like the dad whistle, I don't know how to describe it or whatever, but the fingers go in the mouth and it's just ear splittingly loud. And he did that from kickoff to like the final moments of the game. And I wanted I a story too. I'll share. I wanted to kill him. And at one point <laughs> he left to go get another drink. Obviously he had been drinking for a little bit. And uh and so he wasn't thirsty, but apparently he needed some more. Anyway, he goes, he leaves as he's coming back up. I just kind of under my breath made a comment to Olivia and I said, Oh no, the, the whistler's back. And the guys next to us heard me and said, Oh gosh, I can't stand this guy. (laughs) There was a shared commiseration next to, to the whistler man. And, uh, and so, yeah, you, you wanted to add a story. Yeah. And in 2012 went to a Rangers game and, and there was a guy not too far from us. Matt Harrison was on the mound as the starter. And every time he threw a pitch, every single pitch he threw, this guy would scream out, Harris, <laughs> every time. Now, he only pitched through like five innings, right? So I hadn't listened to that through like half the game, but every single pitch for 110 times or whatever, Harris, it was, uh, yeah, it was special. Yeah, we had another guy that I, I think really sincerely thought every word he said was heard by the team. Like he's up there like coaching them from up there, like, you know, Love guys, that. you can do this. I, I really believe, like, and I'm like, bro, like, they can't hear you up here. Just sit down. But anyway. Oh, was, I know some fun. guys who do that from their armchair at the TV, too. So, yeah. Well, this is true. And uh, But we had a great time. Something I think I shared with with you in our text with uh, Hal uh, was it felt like like an elimination game in the playoffs. Like, it was electric in that, that building. It was so loud. I enjoyed it. And I didn't really, I don't really have a dog in the hunt. I don't really, you know, follow football a whole lot but I really enjoyed it as much as I hated being around that many people. And I hated being that high the entire time. I felt like I was going to fall to my death. And there were certain times that I thought that would have been better. But, uh, but anyway, we did have a good time. Olivia had a great time. Said is the best birthday she ever had. And, and so we, we enjoyed that little Texas experience and I'm fine to never have it again. And most importantly, the Cowboys won because the uh, they, they're on a tear right now. They, they are. are. They're doing well. Well, Kyle, in closing, why don't you send us out finally? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, with special greetings to Eric Malloy and Don McKinnon and David Jackson as y'all prepare for uh, the ALCS. And uh, Hensley, I hope you cry many tears of sadness as the Trastros are uh, destroyed. Um, that, that's, that's what I'm hoping for this next. I hope I'm praying for it, believing for it uh, as okay. CC Winans sings. Yep. So, (laughs) hey, thanks for joining us today. Until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. Speaking of inability to land the plane, (laughs) that was an example. In in closing.
Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, we encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless. What's wrong with you people?